0: Hello, what is up everybody? My name is Ian Howard. I'm the student ministry director at Restore Church. Uh, Last week we started our journey through the book of Acts. And this week we are gonna be continuing that journey, uh, but looking at Acts chapter two and the story of Pentecost. So when I meet somebody for the first time, I'm trying to find something in common with them. I try to find something that will cross whatever barriers we may have between us, whether it's gender, uh, race, socioeconomic status. I'm looking to connect with everyone that I meet because really I just want to be your friend at the end of the day. That's all I want. Um, I try to find something that will unify and yet give credibility to what I say and uh, what we're talking about. Oftentimes it comes from where I grew up Uh, growing up in the suburbs of Detroit. uh, You know, you cross people all the time that are from Michigan or from the Detroit area. Andrea and I were walking in a Target parking lot a few weeks ago, and I was wearing my Michigan hat. And uh, a lady that we passed in the parking lot said, Hey, did you go to Michigan? Which inevitably leads to the fact that, no, I didn't. wasn't smart enough to get in. But then that leads to, Well, where are you from? Where did you grow up? And I said, Southfield, Royal Oak, Berkeley. You know, it's where I grew up, went to high school, et cetera. And she said, Oh, well, who is your dentist? My dad was a dentist in Southfield. And When I revealed the name of my dentist, turns out it was not her father, um, which was slightly disappointing. But still, there were all sorts of connections being made there based on where I grew up and the area that I was from. Uh, Whether it's the teams that I root for, the music I listen to, the schools I went to. uh, A few days ago at the Safeway here in Silver Spring, I ran into a lady who at the cash register who went to the University of Cincinnati. I was wearing my Bearcat shirt, loud and proud, and. This uh, cashier said, hey, did you go to Cincinnati? I said, yeah, I did a few years ago, graduated in 2013. And she was like, well, I went a little before that. But Silver Spring reminds me a lot of Cincinnati, to which I kind of uh, paused and said, oh, okay, you know, that, that's an interesting take, but um, to each his own. You know, we we went to the same school and, and knew a lot of the same places and um, didn't share the same thought on Silver Spring and Cincinnati really being matched up. But it was still cool to meet someone who went to the same school as me. And that immediately connected us. So that being said, moving into Acts chapter one, before Jesus ascends, he gives his followers a promise in chapter one, verse eight. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He says this and then ascends into heaven and in my mind i see this playing out like the like this incredible cliffhanger to a season finale tv show i see that him ascending into heaven that the disciples just looking at each other like what just happened like what do we do now so they need to then wait in limbo you know they have not received this power yet jesus promises it to them but they have not yet received it and so they're kind of in this wait and see moment uh, and the day of Pentecost rolls around. So fast forward to Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost comes and a little bit about the day of Pentecost. This day happens every year. It's the day that the Jewish people uh, really celebrate and remember their past, specifically when they arrived at Mount Sinai after being uh, liberated from Egypt. They arrive at Mount Sinai, Moses ascends, receives the law, the Ten Commandments from, from God and then brings it back down to the people. So Israel, this is Israel's celebration of that and celebration of where they've come from in their people's history. Think of it as like the 4th of July here. We look back, we celebrate our our liberation, our, our freedom from, from Great Britain, and remembering the things that has brought America to this point. It takes place 50 days after Resurrection Sunday or after Easter, because Easter was at the end of the Passover week, uh, 50 days from Passover, is the Feast of Pentecost. And the last interesting fact about Pentecost is that it's an agricultural feast. It is the feast or a festival in which everyone offers their first fruits back to God as a thank you for favor and blessing in that year to that point. The offering is also given uh, given in hopes of future blessings and future uh, successes that may come the rest of that year. So as Gentiles are able to look back at Moses and Mount Sinai, God giving his, uh, we see it as God giving his redeemed people the way of life by which they must now carry out his purposes, which ultimately is bringing his kingdom here to earth. So every Pentecost since has remembered Israel's history and celebrates the hopes and prayers and favor of a new year. So here in Acts chapter 2, we uh, read a story that happens on the day of Pentecost, and it sounds scary, amazing, unbelievable, emotional, exhilarating. Pretty much any adjective you can think of, it probably fits in there somewhere. Uh, God's spirit comes to dwell in humans, in his followers. It comes to commune with us, to empower us, and to unify us. So we're going to read Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. This is the New Living Translation. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation in Jerusalem. When they heard this loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are from Galilee. And yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Pamphylia that's tough, Egypt and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and all, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things that God has done. So here are a few things that stick out to me about this story. And they're all kind of tied together and related. God's spirit shows up in a couple of untamable forces, namely wind and fire. We can all attest in these days in the United States of America right now in our country, uh, these elements are wild unpredictable and nearly unstoppable. What we're seeing on the West Coast is is tragic and devastating, um, but it really just gives us a sense and idea of how powerful fire and wind can be, especially when they're combined together. The author of the book, Luke, is also making a point here using the symbol of fire. When God's presence shows up in the Old Testament, like in the burning bush or the tabernacle or on Mount Sinai, he comes in the form of fire. Luke knows this and then make sure, make sure to point that out in verses three and four. Verse three says, then what looked like flames and tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Luke here is making a point that just as God's spirit dwelt in the bush, the tabernacle and then Mount Sinai, the same presence dwells in every single follower of Jesus. Lastly, the spirit comes to create unity and bind people together. The spirit creates joining. This is a quote from Millie James Jennings, uh, whose commentary was immensely helpful in preparation for this. So sorry, I didn't preface that before I started the quote. The spirit creates joining. The followers of Jesus are now being connected in a way that joins them to people in the most intimate space of voice, memory, sound, body, land, and place. It is language that runs through all of these things. Again, that's from Willie James Jennings in his Acts commentary. Two things about language, also from this commentary. To speak a language is to speak a people. Speaking announces familiarity, connection, and re- relationality. When I speak another language, it shows that I'm connected to you, that I care about you, that I have some sort of relation with you. To learn The second point, to learn a language requires submission to a people. There's a power dynamic here. As the spirit comes upon us, it again, another quote from the commentary, it replaces our fantasies of power over people with God's fantasy for desire for people. There's an inherent laying down of one's power, privilege and pride when we learn a language. Scripture says that all followers present were from Galilee, many of them Jesus's original disciples and most, if not all of them were uneducated. Fishermen, tax collectors, tradesmen, etc. As the crowd gathered, they were not only amazed at the languages that came from these Jesus followers, but the teachings as well. The Spirit brings people together, the Spirit removes barriers, and the Spirit provides authenticity. Now, remember, this crowd was a uh, crowd of devout Jews and converts to Judaism from all over the world who had gathered for Pentecost, different r- tribes, races, nationalities, etc. God used this moment in time to gather humans to himself, to hear about his miraculous signs and the good news. He also uses this moment through languages to show his followers who to reach, where to go and where his heart is. To humans, to us, the unknown, the people we don't know yet, the undesirables, the people who are outcasts, who are unfamiliar uh, with us and our way of life, we are sent to them. To God, these people are known, and immensely desired. Willie James Jennings says again, what God has always spoken to Israel. Now God speaks even more loudly in the voices of the many, to the many. Join them. Now love of neighbor will take on a pneumatological. That's your $5 word of the day had to look it up. It essentially means study of the Holy spirit. It takes on Holy spirit dimensions. It will be love that builds directly out of the resurrected body of Jesus. It will be love, as Karl Barth says, that goes into the far country. This is love that cannot be tamed, cannot be controlled or planned. And once unleashed, it will drive the disciples forward into the world and drive a question into their lives. Where is the Holy Spirit taking us and into whose lives? So often we miss God's desire as revealed by the Holy Spirit. It's 2020. We're daily living out Murphy's law. Whatever can go wrong, will go wrong. We allow ourselves to be consumed or controlled by things that just drain us, that are are soul sucking, that really takes our energy away. So often our hopes and desires come from our Facebook or Twitter feeds, our neighbors, our coworkers, our political parties, or arguments that we have and that need to be right. We must create space for our desires to come from and be transformed by God. Our hope and desires must come from the tongues of fire that settle on each of us. Again, according to Willie James Jennings, this guy had a lot of amazing, amazing things in his, in his commentary. The only real question is, do we hear what the tongues mean? For this, we do not need interpreters. We need translators, people who will allow their lives to be translated, not just once, but again and again and again, as the spirit gives utterance. These tongues mean that you and I are sought after. There's a chair for you and I at the table because everybody is invited to the party. We are desired and we are loved. Are you making room for the spirit today? Who is is it calling you to? Who is it sending you after? What language do you need to speak to reach those who have not yet found their seats at the table? May God bless you this week. Amen.